morning. 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 <laughs> there we go. God bless you. We are so glad that you all are here today. And uh, man, what a beautiful day. The first day we're able to get back together and what a beautiful day it is. And uh, want to thank, uh, thank everybody for uh, being here this morning. I know. It'll be here in a minute. But we're glad that you're here. So Brother Jesse is going to open us up with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, most of all for being our Savior, most of all, Lord, for coming to this world and dying for our sins. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come out today and to worship you. You gave us a beautiful day, Lord, uh, a beautiful Lord's Day, a beautiful sunshine. And Father, we pray, Lord, as we worship together, we pray for our nation, Lord. We pray for our leaders. We pray for this pandemic to be gone, Lord. This is your universe. You created it, Lord. It's all in your hands and your time, Lord. And we know, Lord, that whatever may happen, that we're safe and secure in your arms, Lord. That is our blessed hope. Now, Father, as we worship together as a church, we think of our church members and those that couldn't be here, Father, those that may be on beds of affliction, those, Father, that need encouragement, those people that need to be lifted up. We pray for all those, Father. And we, Lord, we pray that you'll bless this time together, Lord, and use this time to encourage us to stir our hearts. And we look forward, Lord, to the day we can come back in the sanctuary here and to worship you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, thank you for your blessings, Lord. Pray that you'll bless this message, bless our pastor, Father, as you break the bread of life to us. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Just leave it on. I actually cut it off until I get done. How's that? Again, we're glad that you're here today. I had just uh, two announcements I want to give you before we get uh, started with singing. Uh, we're praying next week that this FM box comes in. Uh, it should be here at the middle of the week. So next week, you'll be able to sit in your cars and actually hear it through your car stereo. So we're working on that. We'll let you know uh, that gets here and it'll be a whole lot easier on everybody. Uh, and if that box does come in, then actually we're gonna be holding service up there uh, on the sidewalk going into the church. So then everybody is parked this way. Next week, you'll be parked this way. So when you come next week, just, uh, just plan on doing that or you can park in the uh, asphalt parking lots uh, wherever you want. Uh, Miss Ashley wanted me to let you know that Children's Church is gonna be uh, again today at two o'clock. So if you need the information about Skype, uh, you can get in touch with her today uh, and please encourage children whether they come to this church or not just to be able to be involved in that part of the ministry uh, we'd be grateful for that so uh, the Lord's been good to us amen there we go we're very blessed to be here with everything that's going on in the world but we know that God still reigns true amen all right, so grab your uh, bulletins that uh, we handed out. We have two songs that we're going to sing. Because He Lives and then Amazing Grace, befitting for today. Amen. All right, Brother Jonathan.
Jill. All right. Jonathan, you ready? I reckon. Young Kurt Johnson was a little uh, quiet this morning. <clears throat>
Let's think about God's amazing grace. I hope that you believe it and live it in your life every day. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saves a wretch like me. it does even though I know we're only here for a while how come it never seems like long enough and I don't know just when my time is coming still I know God has a plan for me I don't know what leaving looks like but I know this you won't have to wonder where I'll be
don't know what kind of mansion God's preparing. Streets of gold I know I'm gonna find. All the pain and suffering that comes with this life. It won't be long, I'll leave it all behind. I know I'll be there in a place that Jesus promised he would prepare. It's beyond imagination, all the glories we will share. Lord is always faithful. Amen. Thank you. That's uh, it's hard for me to ask a question, not hear a response. But we are uh, we're so glad that you're here today with us, and uh, I'm excited about the message this morning. The title of the message is "Running on Empty," uh, or it also could be uh, understood as "Looking Past the Present Time to See the Future More Clearly." Uh, so, however. Uh, fits your life today, uh, I know it'll be a blessing to you. So take your copy of God's Word and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. One thing I want to say to you before I get into the message this morning uh, is not every situation that ends bad, starts bad. That's what the Apostle Paul is going to be speaking about today. 
And sometimes we think that when something starts out easy or good, that that's the way it's going to end up. And that's not the way it happens. There's many times in life that we're involved in things and things start out good, everything's going well, uh, everything seems to be walking in line and, and everything uh, involved with us or the people involved in the circumstance that everything is just great. But when things start to go wrong, that's where we start getting in trouble. And this is where the Apostle Paul comes from today. And these, this text today is one of the texts that, like many of the texts in the Word of God, that if you don't study it, you're going to miss the message. Uh, and this is one of those messages today. But we need you to, uh, to understand that uh, in, in light of everything that's happened in our life, everything that's going on now, and I ain't talking about that because God's in control. Amen? God's in control. Uh, so... What I want us to understand today is that some of the greatest pain that we deal with uh, as an individual is that of something that is called emptiness. There's something in us that is empty. You know, in the Christian faith, we have so, we've been around and we, in our church family, we have so many wonderful people uh, that just love the Lord and they're always giving of themselves. They're either laboring at the church or they're doing things from home and, and like what we're doing now, there's so many of you and God bless you and thank you for reaching out to other church family members uh, by telephone calls or text or cards or emails or whatever it is that you're doing. Continue to do that. Uh, and even after we get back together in the church house, continue to do that. That's a lot of the things that God is using right now with this is not something that we're just to do it for now and then quit it later. That the Lord wants us to change our habits now. And the church has gotten some bad habits. I'll just say amen for you. Uh, and there's times that we get in a routine. There's times that we see people every week and we, we think that... Uh, that we just take one another for granted. And I think we need to, to start not taking one another for granted uh, and learning through every situation uh, in our walk with the Lord. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. Again, we thank you for the beautiful day that you have given us. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for those that have uh, made this time and this day possible. Lord, we thank you for Todd and Angie for supplying the trailer today and for all those that work behind the uh, those that have worked behind the scenes and getting the sound equipment and playing the music and special music and all of those that are here. Father, we just praise you and we thank you for them. We just ask that you would just continue to pour out your blessings and your heart's blessings upon us during this time. We love you and we thank you for everything that you have done. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, the one thing that this morning that I want to read to you and just listen to me. I don't want you to turn there. It's a, it's a text in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And I want to get, hopefully give you a little bit different twist in this today. It's a very common verse, and many of y'all will know this when I read it. Uh, therefore, therefore, listen to me. i got one thing I want to bring out. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, are you saved? If you saved, raise your hand. Amen. God bless you. That if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. This is the part where we have the problem is because we forget about being the new creature. Now, the troubles that we have in the mind and the heart is, is that as much as we talk about God's grace, and we do, and we talk about that the grace of God has washed away all of our sins, that we know that we're born again, we know that we're going to see Jesus, and that's great. But do you know that in God's grace, there's one thing that God's grace took from you? Did you ever think about that? Out of all the things that God's grace has done for you, it's taken one thing away. 
And that one thing that God's grace took away was for you to completely and endlessly figure out and work through circumstances that you can no longer do it on your own. You have to depend on him. Does that make sense? You can't do it on your own anymore. Life teaches us to work out our own problems. Our parents taught us things. Life taught us things. We've read things. We've learned from other people. And we think that, you know, once we're saved, that we can continue to do the same thing and the same and go the same ways that we did before we were saved. And when the Holy Spirit comes in our hearts and in our lives, and when He changes us, when He saves us, when He heals us, we need to understand that those are the days when the rest of our days change. We can't be the same person anymore. We can't think the same way. We can't do the same things. We can't constantly be trying to depend upon our own authority and our own wisdom and the things that we have learned throughout life that's again that's where we get in trouble and here through this text this morning the apostle paul is going to teach us that that when everything's good those are the times that we learn from it because when things turn bad we don't collapse because of it amen i give you a great example today we've had a phenomenal economy as they say, the best that it's ever been. And then all of a sudden, a pandemic comes in, and what was great is now turning out to be one of the worst. Think of that. If we prepare in the good days, if we prepare our minds and our heart for the great things, when the bad things come, we don't collapse. We don't falter. We don't fail. We don't have the great travesties of life because we've learned from the good times. We've built ourselves up during the good times. And let me just say this. You have to admit, many times we don't do that. When things are going good, Christians, we let our guard down. When things are going great, when, when we're healthy and when finances are good and everybody's doing great and the kids and the grandkids is wonderful, the church is great and the church is filled and, and God's blessing so many times we let our guard down. And that's not the time to let our guard down. Those are the times that when we build Christ up and knowing that He's going to take care of us in those good times, because remember when the good times turn bad and we start emptying ourselves out and we start giving so much of ourselves away and we start hurting inside we should not find a point in our life where we begin to collapse because if Jesus is Lord and Savior of our life in the good times we need to be preparing for the bad times and this is what the Apostle Paul brings today. In the first four verses of this text, starting in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verses 1-4, to the Apostle Paul talks about this great and wonderful thing, this heavenly encounter and the things that he saw, the things that he heard. And as we walk through the text, you're going to see where, where he says, the things that I have seen, the things that I have done, uh, the things that I have been touched by, I can't, I can't repeat them. It's not for me to repeat to you. It's not for you to be blessed by it. The Apostle Paul says, listen, what you need to understand that what I have seen in heaven, what I have heard in heaven, what I have been seen, what, the, what God has revealed to me, what Christ has revealed to me, these things are not for another person. These things are for me. But these things that Jesus Christ has shown me, the heavenly blessings, the heart blessings, these are the things that I need to be turning over to you. These are the things that need to change my life. These are the things that I need to keep deep inside of my mind 
mind and in my heart and let it change who I am so then as the world sees me, they see Christ in me because in the midst of anything difficult, in the midst of anything wearisome, in the midst of the, all of the troubles that life brings, we realize and understand that we are steadfast in Jesus Christ. And irregardless of how many people live in the state of West Virginia and those of us that are gathered here on this secondary country road in Berkeley County, West Virginia, that we are the strength. We, this small group of people gathered together today on this church property today, we are the strength of the state. It's not the state that brings strength to us. It is us as Christians that bring strength to the state, to the people, to the minds, and to the hearts. That as the world sees us, that they're not collapsing, or if they begin to collapse, they can look at us, even those that are lost without Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that they see us as the, as the absolute solution to every life's problem because we have faith. And And this is what the Apostle Paul is driving home with this text. And in verse 5, he says, Of such a one will I glory. What is the Apostle Paul speaking about here? He says, my experience. He says, what I'm going through in this good time. What I'm going through, what I've seen, what Christ has revealed, what I've heard. All of the things. And we have no idea what he heard and saw. It doesn't matter. Because listen, it wasn't for us to be blessed by it today directly. It was for us to be blessed by whatever it was that Jesus Christ. Christ laid on his heart. It was for the Apostle Paul. This was a great time that he was encouraged. This was a great time that he was going through something that was that was that was heavenly. It was angelic. It was a, a blessing of the mind and of the heart. And, and the Apostle Paul simply says here, he says, what Christ gave to me was not for me, but it was for me to give to Christ. Does that make sense to you? I, I, I can see your head so you can shake and say yes or no. Okay. But what I'm saying is, and what the Apostle Paul is saying is, is that every great blessing, every good hope, everything that he pours out, meaning Christ, that he pours into our life is a preparation of a preparation of praise, but it's also a preparation of the days and the times when everything goes wrong. When the house turns upside down, when the kids go in a bad direction, when we lose our job, when we lose our health, when anything takes place in life, the times when Jesus Christ pours His glory out into us is the time when we find the power to be sustained in Him. So He moves on and He says at the second part of verse 5, and He says, yet of Myself I will not glory. The Apostle Paul says, listen, he says that I don't just relish in the moments of the blessings that he has given and I just hold on to it and not apply it to my life. And he says not to not apply it to his circumstances of yet what is to come. Now, the Apostle Paul at this time in his life has already dealt with infirmities. And here he says that the glory was not for me, meaning God just did not pour upon me the blessings of heaven just for me to keep it to myself and not to apply it. He says, I need to take the blessing that Christ has given in the first four verses. And he said to be able to apply it to my life. Think about this last week really quick. Think about this last week. You was having a great day or a part of your day was wonderful. And then one little thing happened. Are you listening to me? One minuscule thing took place in your life. Somebody snipped at you. Somebody cut you off. Maybe one of your co-workers was a little bit more rude than you felt they should have been. 
but there was something minuscule in your heart and in your life happened. But moments before that, you was having the best day ever. And we allowed the world to take the joy of Christ and our salvation away from us. And we fed into that moment. The Apostle Paul says, use the glorious times of life to glorify Christ and to edify your personal walk with Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to you? And we all fall in there. We've all done that. We've all faltered in that way. He says, but in mine infirmities. What does he mean at the end of verse 5? He simply says this, is that by all of the blessings that Christ has given, the heavenly blessings that has been poured out, all of the things that I've seen, he says, I understand now that I'm not going to take it and then lose it. He says, I'm going to take it, use it, and apply it, that it makes me a better Christian, it makes me a better servant, it makes me a better husband, it makes me a better wife, it makes me a better son or daughter, it makes me a better grandparent it makes me better just because Jesus Christ has invested his time and his wills and his ways into my life and you know another great way to receive these blessings too is not only what Jesus Christ pours out into your life but when we see the brothers and sisters in Christ and the heavenly blessings pouring out upon their life that we look and are encouraged by what they have received not just us alone does that make sense this is why we're to encourage one another. This is why we're to love one another and to use this time graciously. Verse 6, he says, For though I would desire to glory. What is the Apostle Paul saying? He says, listen, I can use this as an opportunity to glorify myself. That I can just relax and, and find a, uh, you know, that this heavenly blessing that's been poured out. You know, the Apostle Paul says that I could just be arrogant in spirit. And he said, you know, well, Jesus gave me this. I wonder how many other people that, that Christ has given this opportunity to be able to see into heaven and to hear these things and to 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 be present uh, uh, it, it, with with Christ in my mind and in my heart and he's he's revealed through the vision through the strength he's he's poured all these things out he says oh he 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 in his mind and his heart at this time he says I'm special does that sound familiar the Apostle Paul, he sits there and he's like, listen, he says, it is not me. It is not me to glory about what Christ has given to me. But he said, it is for me to use those things for the edification and glorification of Christ, my Lord and Savior. For though I would desire to glory the arrogance of the mind and of the heart, he, should, he says that I shall not be a what? I can hear you say it. Fool. He says that he says here, he says, I shall not be a fool. He says, for I will say the truth, but for but now I forbear. He says that he just ingests it, he takes it, he's going to use it. He's setting it aside for a day when he when when the life begins to go wrong, when the times get difficult, when the, the heart suppression becomes something greater than he can deal with. He says, I'm going to forbear it. He says, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be. I'll explain this in just a second or that he heareth of me what is the apostle paul remember what i said earlier if you don't study this you're already missing the message so i'm going to bring this to relative understanding really quick the apostle paul in this at the end of this particular verse what he says is is he says that i need to take the blessings of god receive them into my life process them, put it into a place where I can use it later, and then through every day of life, whether it's in just when everything's good or everything's bad, then when man sees me respond to life, then they will see Christ's strength in me. Does that make sense? 
This is what he's talking about. He says that he says that I'm learning from it. He says I'm not just arrogant with it. He says I'm accepting it. I'm processing it. I'm holding on to it. It's strengthening me. It's encouraging me. It's helping me in everything and every facet of my life. And he says I'm just not going to be arrogant to think that Christ just gave it to me. But he says that I'm going to be spiritual enough to process it knowing that Christ gave it to me. That I can use it to glorify and edify Him. And then when man sees me respond to life circumstances and I respond in strength and not in fault or failure, then Jesus Christ Himself will be honored and glorified. Now I know that applies to many of us just this last week. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. So the Apostle Paul here just begins to twist and to turn and, and he begins to apply it. He says, so what Jesus Christ gave to me, he says that I use it in the, mom, in the moments of the thorn in the flesh. Have you had a thorn in the flesh this last week? You can raise your hand. I don't need you to beep your head. Anybody, anybody have a thorn in the flesh? Anybody have a difficult time? The, you know, the Apostle Paul here is talking about, and it's been brought up, that, that there were many afflictions of the, of the flesh and talking about uh, hard times with vision, hard times with breathing, just many different uh, uh, medical problems that he had dealt with this in, in his life. And realizing as the text goes on, he talks about he knew that it was Satan himself that was trying to drag him down, that was trying to hurt him, that was trying to suppress him spiritually. You know that's the only thing Satan can do. He may be able to touch the flesh, but he can't touch the spirit unless you open the door. He can hurt us. He can try to drag us down. He can do anything with migraines or with pains or back pains or leg pains or heart pains. Any pain, He can try to use it for His glory. But the Apostle Paul says that because I have learned from the grace of God, because I have applied God's understanding, as he says, I have, as I have received this heavenly blessing into my life, that when the thorns of the flesh, when they buffet me, because they are brought about by Satan, and this buffet just simply means to be beat with a fist, he says here, uh, he says that when those times and when that messenger of Satan comes to me, he says, lest I should be exalted above measure. What is he saying? He says, I do not exalt myself. He says, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of turmoil, and I know that we've all learned this lesson the hard way. Listen to me really quick. There's many times when we begin to hurt, we try to reach out to other people looking for comfort. Let me tell you what, we've all learned this lesson good and bad, easy and difficult. There's times when we're dealing with difficult matters. We need to stop seeking the wisdom of man and we need to start confessing before Jesus, which is the one that has all the answers. We need to get on our face. We need to get on our knees. We need to cut that television off. We need to cut that radio off. We need to pull off to the side of the road in a parking lot where we can have some quiet time with Jesus Christ and stop worrying about you know the, the traffic and praying while your eyes is open. There's times when we just need to shut everything down. There's times when we need to take these crazy cell phones and I praise God for technology, but there's times we need to take that cell phone and cut it off. There's times that we need to look at our spouses and say, listen, I love you with all my heart, but I need some Jesus. Jesus time. I need some time to go into a back room or I need to walk outside or I need to go somewhere and I need to seek the wisdom and the counsel of Jesus Christ. And we need those times. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. He says because there are times that Satan is going to come at us and he's going to throw everything at us and he's going to punch us and he's going to try to hurt us. But listen, the only thing he can touch is the affections of the heart. He cannot receive and take away the blessings of heaven. Satan can't do that. 
Remember when I said earlier that things start out good, but then they turn bad. But praise God, let's twist it around. How many times this last week has the day started out bad, but praise be glory to God through the day, everything turned out all right. You woke up feeling bad. Somebody made you mad. Somebody sent you something. Somebody responded negative to a Facebook post about God. Let me tell you what. God's a big boy. He can handle it himself. He's going to take care of himself. He's going to bless them as much as he's blessed you. He's going to use those negative times to draw them close to you. So listen, if God can take through the long suffering of grace, if he can be patient with the sinful and lost world, then why shouldn't we be doing the exact same thing? And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. So for the sake of time, let's move on. Verse 8. He says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice or three times that it might depart from me. Anybody ever done that? You ever had a problem in your life and you're like, Oh Lord, take this away. Then you don't get an answer in the first 30 seconds. And then you go back and you say, Oh Lord, he says, please take this away. And then 10 more seconds go by. You notice in the timeline I'm giving you, right? And then 10 more seconds goes by and then you go back to the Lord and it's like, Lord, please take this away. I understand that. The Apostle Paul understands that. God understands that. But what Paul said here is that his ultimate faith and knowledge in Jesus Christ through the times when we know that he is blessed, through the times when we know that he has poured out his greatest heavenly and heart riches unto us, when he has given everything to us, that is not just to use at a time, but is to use for all times. And I've said this before and I'll say it again quickly some of the days that we live this life nothing the bad times seem like they don't go away they keep dragging on sometimes it seems like people are piling on it seems like when this one thing is here it turns over here and it's 10 times worse it's like when this thing breaks down then this thing breaks down then this thing breaks down then the relationships break down all communication begins to break down and there are some days listen to me quickly there are some days that the only thing that we're going to find joy in is knowing that we are saved, born again children of God that live in a country that we can stand out here and sit here and we can glorify Jesus Christ with our voice as it rings out through this valley here and we can tell Jesus Christ and we can tell the world that we are saved we have been surrendered unto Christ and we will not be in subjection to the things of the world or the ways of Satan and we will live in ultimate victory because Christ first invested into us with his grace and this is exactly this is exactly what the apostle paul is saying but he says i've i've asked three times lord take this from me lord take this from me and in verse 9 i love this now you pay attention to this i i, I love this part of the text he, he here he's asked three times he's asked three times right We've read the text. He's, he's prayed. He said, Lord, remove this. Lord, take this from me. He's not saying, Lord, help me through this. You pay attention to the text. See, that's where we go wrong a lot of times. It's like, Lord, take it away. But whatever we've, whatever we've encountered in our life, Jesus has already prepared us for it. Somebody say Amen. Every difficult thing in life, He has prepared us. Every, every situation in our life that we deal with, whether it's good and different or bad, if it is serious or less serious, if it is something that is life-changing, it doesn't matter what it is, Jesus Christ has prepared you as an individual. He has prepared your heart. He has prepared you. He has prepared your circumstances. He has invested into you. He has fulfilled and filled into you, giving you 
you the wisdom and the strength and the faith and the abilities to trust in Him and knowing that even in the darkest of days and on the cloudiest of days when the rain is dropping down and the hell begins to fall, when you're seeking shelter away from the things of the world, trying to keep from being hurt, that the power of the sustaining grace of Almighty God through Jesus Christ, which is risen and alive, He is what gives you the encouragement to encounter the moment and to be victorious on the other end. And after he's asked three times in verse 9, Jesus responds to the suffering of the Apostle Paul. He says, Paul, listen. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. Well, what is this grace, this, this understanding that when you feel like no, there is no circumstance that can be filled, when there is no answer that can be given, when you feel like you can't pick up your foot and you can move forward, you can't get your head off that pillow, and I know y'all been there, come on now, you've been laying in bed, and you're like, I'm hurting so bad, I'm talking about of the heart and mind, you're like, I don't want to get out of bed, my circumstances are so bad, my problems are so difficult, all these things that are happening in life, it's like nobody cares, my wife doesn't care, my husband doesn't care, my kids don't care, the pastor doesn't care, nobody cares, it's, there's times when we let Satan in our heart's door, and we say, well there's times, well even God doesn't care, let me tell you what, you can't have more of a caring God that prepares you of mind, heart, body, and soul before the problem comes. Let me tell you what, He's not a responsive God. He's a proactive God that pours everything into your life that irregardless of what anybody says or what's taking place in your life, that victory is won if we walk in the pathway of Christ. That's the only way you win. So Christ says that my grace is sufficient for thee. He says, for my strength, my strength, Christ makes me strong in my weakness. This is what Christ is saying and the Apostle Paul re reaffirms this. He says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Brothers and sisters, you're not going to get stronger until you find yourself to be weak. But we as Christians think, well, I've always got to be strong. And then when we find ourselves continuously weak instead of continuously strong, then we get discouraged and we get down in the mouth. We get down in the mind. We get down in the heart. And we allow everything to start just tearing us up. Instead of letting the love of Jesus Christ build us. Does that make any sense? Have y'all ever experienced that in your life? I don't care if it was 50 years. Has anybody ever went through that? That you just felt so defeated that you felt like there was no way to have victory? You were so defeated. You were so hurting. You found so much pain in your life that at that particular moment, not that you didn't love God, not that you didn't know that you were saved, not that you didn't know that He was going to get you through it. He was going to get you through it. You knew that. He saved you. You knew knew it. He was going to walk with you because He never will leave you nor forsake you. You accepted that. But there are times by living in this flesh that we do get wearisome and burdened. And then God always shows up on time. And the grace of God is always there to get us through. He says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine affirmities, the Apostle Paul says. He says, Then the power, or that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The Apostle Paul says, Listen, I, he says, I'm not calling out hell itself to come out upon me. But what he's saying is, is that I'm ready that when hell does come after me, when Satan himself does want to smack me upside the head, when he does want to hurt me and destroy me, the Apostle Paul says, guess what? I'm ready. 
I'm ready by the power and the grace of Almighty God that saved me. He said, let Satan come on. I'm not going to send him a card inviting him in. But boy, praise God, when he comes in, I'm going to be standing at the door with my spiritual shotgun and I'm going to be waiting on him. Y'all got that right? Prepared. In preparation of mind and heart of the good, the good and the bad. So brothers and sisters, for those of us that are constantly just trying to just relish in the moments when things are going good, don't ever from this day forward let your guard down because I can promise you when those heavenly blessings come, take them, learn from them, store them up, and get ready because as soon as the sun goes away, the clouds will come in. Prepare your minds and your hearts for things. And you say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm scared now. You have no reason to be scared. I'm not talking about the pandemic of the world. I'm talking about the pandemic of your heart. When things come in that want to destroy you and hurt you. When people want to bring you pain. When people want to bring some type of negativity because they're tired of seeing you in such a good mood all the time. When those storms come, realize that the sun does rain. But he says, I will therefore gladly rather glory in my pains that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Finally, in verse 10, he says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. What is he saying? I'm going to break this down for you so you understand it. He says, because of what Christ has done, Christ has saved him. Because of the blessings of what we've read from verses 1 to verses 4, he says the heavenly blessings that Christ has poured out upon his mind and his heart and in his life, he says, I'm going to rest. He says, I'm going to take, listen to what I'm saying, and listen to what the Apostle Paul says, are you ready? He simply says this, he says at one point in his life, he asked Christ three times to take it away. Are you with the text? Are you, are you listening to the Apostle Paul? He said, there was a time in my life, and this is moments. He says, when I said, Lord Jesus, take this affirmity away from me. This pain, this suffering, this heartache, this thing that I'm dealing with right now that somebody else may go through better than what I'm going through. No matter what it may be, he says, I have gotten to the point in my life, he says, so I will finally, because the pleasures of God, the knowledge of his wisdom, the hope and the forsaking not of Jesus Christ in and for my life, he says, because he has poured out to me to be saved, he has poured out to me to be sustained, he has poured out into me so I can live sanctified, he says, in verse 10 he says so I take pleasure in weakness he says I take pleasure in insults he says I take pleasure in catastrophes he says I take pleasure in persecutions and he says I do this and I live in the pressures of life because Jesus reigns as Lord and Savior Wow, that, I mean, that verse 10 just, it, it, it's a summation of the first nine verses. He brings everything together. He, and what am I saying? A while ago, I said, was there a point in time? Yes, there was a time when the Apostle Paul said, Lord, take this from me. Lord, take this from me. Lord, take this from me. He followed that. Isn't that what Jesus said in the garden? He says, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass before me. He says, but not my will, but thine be done. The Apostle Paul is taking the knowledge of what he has learned, not only 
only from His salvation alone, but what His life's experiences has been. And He has learned from that. And one day He said three times, Lord, take it from me. And then there was another time that came shortly after that and He applied God's fullness of His grace and He looked at His life and He looked at His heart. He didn't look at any other person. He didn't even look at the circumstance. He looked in the face of His Savior Jesus Christ and He says, because of you, because of your strength, because of your enduring power, because of all that you have given to me. He says, I will face scrutiny. I will face pain. I will face the weaknesses. I will face the insults, the catastrophes in my life. Everything, Lord Jesus, that I face, I face it now with confidence in you. Amen. He says my life has to change. The last thing I want to bring up to you this morning is simply this, is that there has to be a point in our life, brothers and sisters, that we grow in grace. That we mature. That we come and we stop acting like just young, immature Christians and we've been saved for 20 years. There has to be a time in our life when we look back that once we was first saved and we struggled with the mind and the heart and the flesh and Satan began to beat on us and all of these things that were taking place is all of the thorns of the flesh, physical, spiritual, natural, any of those things. There, listen to me. There has to come a time when we get to a place when we tell ourselves that I'm tired of being weak and I want to be strong. I'm tired of living my life in struggles every day and I'm not finding nothing but more pain and more suffering and more sorrow. There has to be a time, Christians, when we all, me included, I'm not a hypocrite standing here before you, me included, that every single one of us need to find the time in our life when we just say that we've got to start maturing up and being what Christ wants us to be. We have got to stop acting like children in our faith and we have got to get strong in our faith. We have got to get tired of milk. We need to get lactose intolerant as the Apostle Paul said. He says, I choose to give you meat but all you can handle is milk let me tell you what milk's good for a short time but there comes a time when the spirit of god needs to get away from the milk and we need to get into the meat of the word of god and we need to have it preached the way it needs to be preached we need to listen the way it needs to be heard we need to apply the way it needs to be understood all of these things need to be taken and it is not my wife's responsibility for me to become that man of god it is my responsibility as a man of god to become Come that way before my Savior. And every single person, every person that we touch with in our lives, doesn't matter if it's at work or home, doesn't mean if it's a stranger at the grocery store that's agitating you because they're walking around crazy trying to buy everything up because they think the world's coming to an end. But brothers and sisters, let me encourage you, in the mind of a lost person during this time, their world is coming to an end. Because all they have to hold on to is this right here, this flesh. That's all they have. And when this begins to die, their world comes to an end. 
But in Jesus Christ, we understand and know that even though the flesh may die, the Spirit begins to live and it will move forward and we will find victory and we will find faith and we will find hope and we will find maturity of Spirit and we will find a time and a way to come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and He has never left me. He will never turn His back on me. I believe that He has fulfilled me. He has entrusted with me with His grace and knowledge and He has given me everything that I need that on the greatest and most beautiful of days or the darkest of days and the worst of days that no matter what I may face in the flesh my spirit has been protected with knowledge and grace does that make sense so I hope and pray that each of us will find that point today where we grow in God's grace and maturity let me read just a couple last things Luke chapter 9 verse 23 says, If any man will come after me. And as a Christian, you don't have a choice. Amen. As a Christian, you don't turn Christianity on and turn it off. You don't turn salvation on and turn it off. That's who you are. And I don't know about you, why would we want to turn it off? If you're saved, why would you want to cut it off? Why would you want the love of Christ and the blessed assurance of eternal life? Why would you want it to go away? Even for just a moment. You should want more of it. But he says, if any man will come after me, he says, let him deny himself. And, and the Apostle Luke says that and pick up his cross daily and follow me. Daily follow me. The one thing that, that Christ gave me yesterday as I was studying this out and, and trying to get everything together for this morning is that our spiritual life is like a water pitcher. Are you ready? Before the pitcher can be used, it must be filled. And once it is empty, it must be refilled before it can be reused. That's how our spiritual walk is with Jesus Christ. That's why Bible study. That's why personal prayer. That's why faith and trust in Him. That's why stepping out on faith. That's why just doing everything that you can in the power and the glories of Almighty God is so vitally important to your faith and your walk with Jesus Christ. Remember what I said earlier as I close. There has to come a point in time, brothers and sisters, where we have to mature and we have to spiritually grow up. We have to stop finding ourselves so easily tripped up over the things of this life. There's nothing wrong with looking forward to the day, Brother Jesse. There's coming a day I'm going to see Jesus, Dares. I'm going to see Him. I'm going to see Him face to face. Either the trumpet's going to sound and I'm going to go be with Him or I'm going to meet Jesus through the grave. Either which way that Christ has ordained for my life, just as He has willed for all of our lives. Irregardless of how we see Him, we know that we are going to see Him. There is an amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Do you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Are you double sure? Are you heavenly sure? Do you know that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life? Or are you playing the guessing game? Are you just hoping that when this life ends, that there's something to look forward to? 1 John 5.13 says that you can know that you have eternal life. And that life and that way comes by Christ and Christ alone. You can believe in whatever you want to believe. You have that ability. 
but you can't lie to your heart. If you're believing in works, if you're believing in anything else other than what Christ has done for you and you alone, you're holding on to something that is something that is temporal. It is something that is of your mind and your heart and your flesh, and you need to trust in Him alone. Pastor, it's hard. No, it's not. The hard part is getting past you. The easy part is fully trusting in Him. Because when He calls you, He's already there calling you by name. He's calling you by name. He's touching your heart and He says, Listen, I love you with all that I have. And He says, I have given all to you. You I have given all to. And He just simply says, Will you trust in Him today? Christians, do you need to trust Christ more and stop trusting in yourself and be less? What do you need to do? I'm not asking you to move. I'm not asking you. To, you don't need to go anywhere. Right where you're at right now, what decision do you need to make? There's a decision that needs to be made for every one of us here today. Every one of us. There's a decision that every person here needs to make. What is your decision? What is your circumstance? What is your faith? If you're lost without Jesus Christ, just call upon Him and ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you of all of your sins. And say, Lord Jesus, I praise You and I glorify You that as You have forgiven me of all of my sins, Lord Jesus, I invite You into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Remember what I said earlier as I close in prayer. There's only one thing that grace takes away from you, and that's the ability to work everything out your way. Aren't you glad that God gets in your way sometimes? Aren't you glad that God is always there? What a beautiful day the Lord has given us. And what a glorious time we've had together. Because two things. We've heard from the Word of God. And we're in the presence of Jesus. Father, we love you today and whatever decision needs to be met. No matter what it may be. No matter what counsel. No matter what problem. What blessed assurance. What reinstilling of hope. Father, this very moment that of us living our life, irregardless of what's going on in the world right now, this is not about the world stage. This is about the stage of our own orchestrated life. Lord Jesus, what do we need from you? Help us to say, Lord God, take this away from me. And let's have the mind and the heart of the Apostle Paul that says that I'm going to glory and relish in those moments because I know that Christ has already filled me, has already held me, has already affirmed in me and already given me and in the eyes of God has already worked everything out. Father, for any that are lost that they accept Christ today and for any of us that need to grow in our faith, which is every one of us, and that, Lord, that we stop worrying about circumstances and people and that we hold completely upon you. Oh, Lord God, thank you again for this beautiful day and for this time. Thank you for this beautiful piece of property. Most of all, we thank you for the beauty of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray that as we leave here in the next couple moments, that we do so by grace and in the favor of God, that we are wiser, more blessed, and greater in the faith that we live in each and every day. Lord Jesus, we love you and we can't wait to see you. And there's a day coming and it'll be here soon enough because the vapors of life are coming and going. But until that day, help us to fulfill your will, to set aside our life for you, and that let we may allow the world to see us through the grace that you have given. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen.